0: The word maximize, make as large or great as possible or to make the best use of. Maybe you're feeling stuck, possibly needing a new direction or just need a little motivation to move the needle in your life to get you to the next level and to make the most of your relationships, business, success, and life itself. Well, that's you. Buckle up, strap in, and get ready. The wolf and the captain are about to maximize you. Daniel did
1: that speech about Eartha Kit. How you doing, Mr. Morgan? How you doing, Mr. Wolf? We're sitting here with the captain. Are we recording? <laughs> we are. That's oh, awesome. Oh. Are we recording? Yes. What a crazy question. This is a podcast, Mr. Morgan. What's this thing on? Do we need to reset? Let's do it. Let's just roll with it. Huh? Keep going, man. We're sitting here today with the captain. Yes, sir. And Mr. Grant Alexander. Hola. Mr. Grant, do you understand the levity of this
2: podcast today uh i don't i don't know what you mean by ramifications this is (laughs) i said levity the levity Uh, my point is (laughs) are are you you here sir i don't know what to
0: do with my hands this is monumental well it's a podcast you don't need to do anything (laughs) with your hands (laughs) we 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 got we got um ricky bobby in the house where did what, what happened today is monumental
1: it is. This is MaximizeU.net's podcast. That's monumental enough. Well, what but, more
0: do we need? Well, but this is also monumental for another reason. Okay, what's that? This is our first episode with a guest. That was my point. There it is. With exactly. the the grandfather,
1: Grant Alexander. Thank you. Yes, as we promised, we're going to start doing interviews with folks that are out in our communities, being yes. successful in different places and doing different things. But we want to get a take on... What's their life, what they're going through, and how does it come back, and how do they kind of help maximize themselves in relation right. to what our podcast is all about?
0: And, and So we
1: invited Mr. Grant on today.
0: And what's noteworthy about Grant is that he is the <clears throat> co-host of the Profiting From Your Passion podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Newly minted. Yep. Newly minted. It used to be the Winter Institute, mm-hmm. but now it's been re- rebranded. Right. And he's also a first-time author with a book of that same name. Yeah. And good stuff. and it's he's a a future best-selling author.
1: I knew there was I a just good reason why we invited him on. Absolutely, it's quality. And the more we talk, the more I'm getting grasp of that. Here we go, let's do this. Awesome. Well, cool. So, Grant, we're glad to have you. Tell us, give us a snapshot of yourself.
2: I, I'm excited just to be, a be here. background. So I'm uh, I'm 35 years old. I have a 16 year old daughter. I went to UL Lafayette. Got a degree in journalism, which is one of the the best degrees you can get. I mean, what is that? No, it's not. <laughs> so it's like a was, it's like a blacksmithing degree. I was about to say because because
0: <laughs> I have a political science degree, and that paper and five bucks to get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Okay, yeah.
2: so <laughs> um, I'd say with my journalism uh, degree, it probably helped me with uh, how I ask questions in my interview. Sure. I kind of learned that later anyway. I bet you can write
1: really well, though,
2: huh? Well, I have done a lot of writing. Um, one of the reasons I, I ended up writing a book was I look back on my writing career, and I'm like, man, I've written a book. <laughs> I I'm just sure, need huh? to write it about something that matters. Yeah, there so. you go. <clears throat> kind of just, you know, turned all these seven, 800-word articles, did that for six weeks, and then I had a 25,000-word book. There you go. It all adds up. Just kind of took it from there, yeah. Um, I'm a Dale Carnegie instructor. Um, yeah. Been doing that. I've been an instructor for two years. I've been in the Dale Carnegie program for about five or six now, and uh, that was really the first time I felt like, oh wait, I can do stuff in the world. I don't just <laughs> have to. I don't just have to participate in the world. I can actually have an impact on it That's because cool. I have the skills and yep. all that stuff. So, and uh, married to Ashley, the prettiest girl from Vermilion Parish and uh well maybe her mom I don't know so. <laughs> <laughs> well she is a lovely lady yeah Ashley's Ashley's wonderful yeah so I uh, got a 16 year old daughter who goes to Lafayette High and works at the movie theater which is actually where I met my where wife where you met your wife yeah, yeah. so all, all coming full circle and then uh, nice. Ashley is pregnant uh, due in March 2019 that's um, right a little baby girl awesome. that's right awesome. yeah. Love it. love yeah. it
1: nothing better than one girl then two that's right
0: well he is grossly outnumbered as a male in his household though're yeah, no, a male dog I was You're just screaming. about to ask you got at least a dog in the house to kind of offset that
1: somehow oh yeah friends just like that well that's good it's interesting you said that well, I, I, you and I Grant met in Del Carnegie mm-hmm. and I didn't realize you had been a, a part of Del Carnegie prior to that so what you're telling me I guess is that it's been about five years since you originally took the class right and that was through the company you were working for at the time I yeah guess? I was working at
2: Lafayette paint supply a great company uh, they they supported us taking the class and uh, I grew a lot when I took it and it wasn't until I went back as a graduate assistant that then I really went to the next level mm-hmm. and really was like, oh, okay. These aren't just little fun tricks to help you remember names and, you mm-hmm. know, not be awkward in social situations. This is a this is a way I can execute my life in a way that'll bring mm-hmm. prosperity to me and those that I'm around. There's real stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah.
1: So tell me about that the difference there. Okay, so you took the class and did you go right back and start GA'ing right after the fact? I mean, I'm kind of familiar with that system, but
2: yeah, you, uh, that's pro- a few years before you actually stepped into the training part of it, right? Right, so I, I GA'd probably six months after that. Um, and then just every time they'd have a class, they'd ask me and I didn't have anything else going on. So I said, sure. Um, and then it came time where they were trying to train more folks because they were getting busier and i said yeah i'll do it and as it got closer to the time i didn't want to do it i was like no this isn't for me i am not good i'm not going to be good at this and uh so had a lot of anxiety but i went through the training we did it mm-hmm. took it took a year to f- complete the training because you have to bring in a master mm-hmm. trainer and it's it's a it's a big hullabaloo but uh Well, worth the process, I'm sure. Oh, right! You learned a lot, right? It's two four-day, twelve hours a day sessions of, hey, here's how you become a Dale Carnegie instructor. Then after that, you have to co-teach with uh, a certified instructor for two twelve-week sessions, Mm -hmm. and then after that, you can go on your own. So pretty much, cut the cord, right? That's right. Pretty much all of 2016, I was teaching a, a Dale Carnegie class every week. Wow. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Now,
2: <clears throat> at first you thought this wasn't going to be for you, right,
0: doing the deal car. But what did you really, when the dust <clears throat> settled and you started doing it, what did you start learning
2: about yourself through that whole process? I learned that uh, I was really good at it just kind of naturally. Without knowing all the processes and knowing what exactly it was I was supposed to be saying and why, uh, I was able to connect with folks. Um, we kind of, I was able to read, read body language and, and really get to know their heart so that I can then coach towards that. Mm-hmm. Because you're in a class with 20-something people, not everybody has the same motivations. So if right. you can make a connection with them at their level, now all of a sudden, you've got folks who are not only buying in, but then they're telling people about it, they're getting folks excited about mm-hmm. it, and it just kind of creates this, this cycle of, of, right. of goodness. Yeah. So what's the most fulfilling thing that you find in that role? So it used to be when you take the person who's so timid and so scared to either get in front of the class or even ask some questions, and then by the end of that, they are leading the class, they are taking charge of everything, they have gotten a promotion in their company because of everything they learned in the class. Cool. That used to be It's like, wow, I I helped this person become who they're capable of being. Yep. Now what it is is taking that A-level person who comes mm-hmm. in and they've pretty much got this stuff and they feel like this is more of a refresher course, mm-hmm. it's taking that person to the next level. cool. Because that's the person who, I don't wanna say needs this stuff the most, but needs to, to really figure out why this stuff is important to them right now at this particular time in their life. <clears throat> and yeah. how it's gonna take them to an even higher level. So that's really my big push lately, is seeing that person go from an A to an A plus plus, and and I, and I That's like
0: stuff. yeah it really is, and I like that you use that word why because over on the podcast that you and I get to share, yeah. profiting from your passion, we, we recently talked with Michelle Robertson about why you know, that was part of the conversation, and when somebody knows their why, it really does help them go to that next level because it, it I think it holds them accountable to it number one, but as I as I think I said on that episode. It also helps to remind them of why they're doing the thing that they want to do and why they want to get to that goal in the first place. So if they get off course, if they start to get off kilter with it, it can
1: bring them back and recenter them and refocus mm-hmm. them. Yeah, that's good stuff. You made a statement in there, and it kind of leads back to a philosophy that I have, Grant, is that you know you, you took the class. And then they needed graduate assistance. So they reached out to you because you were past, that's usually that's where they always go to, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to get Scott to actually take the class so maybe he <laughs> could be a graduate assistant at some point. Right. right? right. Definitely, definitely impactful, for sure, because I've done it a few times myself. So you were hanging around, and obviously I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in your mind you're like, you know, this will be a, I didn't have anything going on, you said, but I'm sure I'll learn some more things through this, you thought, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you were, Available when the opportunity presented itself to step into that role. Am I correct? Yes. You, have you found that to be um, maybe uh, something that's happened other times in your life prior to that too, or?
2: I don't know about prior to that, but definitely after that is okay. is, is finding something that was giving me value and filling filling a, a need in my life, which was to have like a feel like I have was having an impact and mm-hmm. was doing something important so taking that opportunity and making it a priority I guess making Mm -hmm. it okay I can't go do this thing on this night because I'm a graduate assistant for the Dale Carnegie class and then just enjoying the process once I was in it too Mm -hmm. Um, that I'd say when I'm up there being an instructor that's my sweet spot Uh, time goes by very quickly Um, I'm really into it the audience is really engaged and it's, or not the audience, but each individual person who is in the class is very engaged mm-hmm. and it, it, it doesn't feel like I'm teaching anything as much as we're mm-hmm. all experiencing this cool adventure together yeah about three hours right What's night. the remind me of the phrase that carnegie always says in the beginning what is it
1: adults are learning from adults is yeah. that
2: right Adul- mm-hmm. adults learn from other adults and it's mm-hmm. it's common sense but it's not common practice right and, mm-hmm. and that's the real secret sauce in the dale carnegie class is it gives you that space to practice this stuff
1: Absolutely. where
2: you're not going to fall on your face whenever you learn to write uh, walk a tightrope they don't just stick you across the grand canyon and say Here's a pole. Good luck. You know, they draw a line on the ground, and you walk across that line. And then they raise it up a foot, and you walk across a, a rope that's a foot high. That's good stuff. And that's what we do in Dale Carnegie is we slowly raise that deal. And then on graduation night, you do walk across the Grand Canyon, metaphorically. I was about to say, <laughs> it's like, oh. You do walk across the Grand Canyon, metaphorically. And it doesn't. It it feels like you're still walking across the yeah. ground because mm-hmm. it's it's that that building seamless transition.
0: Yeah, that's and good I, stuff. And I, I want to point out <clears throat> before we move forward. And Grant, you mentioned you as you as as an instructor, as a trainer, you get into it. And I've seen you train. And I will tell you when you're doing training, and of course, training and development, something near and dear to my own heart as a trainer, as a speaker. When you as a trainer get into it. And you get that enthusiasm, isn't that? It's just a ripple effect that goes out to your students or your audience or however you want to phrase it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things where it just becomes exciting because you set the stage for it. And I think that's where a good trainer gets separated from a great trainer, is that enthusiasm.
2: Well, I've seen it in you. Well, thank you. That's one of the things I write about in my book. It's the first paragraph of the first chapter. Is I, I was very worried I was going to be found out as a fraud because right. I didn't have yep. I didn't have enthusiasm. I just had. Uh, you know, I'm going to show up and do, I'm going to do, you know, mediocre to, to good work sure. and that'll be fine because that's what everyone else is doing. But once I kind of gave, <laughs> gave in and let go of, you know, whatever it was I was holding on to being cool or whatever, that's when I realized, oh wait, <laughs> I can be excellent. That's right. Mm-hmm. But the only way for me to be excellent is to have enthusiasm and, yeah it just really it really shows and in everything you do in our in sales and okay. everything you, mm-hmm. you walk in with enthusiasm you get folks excited they they see that confidence in you and they believe it whether yep. it's it's real confidence or not yeah it's it's there <laughs> yeah. and it, it's it, it's something that's very palpable whenever you whenever you can act that way
1: good what um another good question i'd like to really dig into with our our uh, interviewees is Throughout your life up until this point, you know, we all, all of us go through hurdles and, you know, challenges come at us, you know, either way we, you know, different angles and different areas of our lives. Has there been any one, you know, maybe strategy or skill that you feel like you maybe have developed over this time that's kind of helped you get through those little hurdles and habits? And do you have a particular story you might could share with us in regards to that?
2: Yeah. So um, what I've learned over the last... Four weeks is that I am way more fragile <laughs> than I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I was like this uh, tough guy who just <clears throat> endure anything, and I, I can, I, I can definitely endure. But I, I'm not here to endure. I'm here to excel. I'm here to strive for greatness, and, and that's that's what I'm here to do. It's not just to endure. Um, what I found is through this weakness is I, I've. I've reached out to folks who who can be there for me. Uh, Scott definitely I was in here three days ago wearing a suit, boo hoo, and woe is me. As he's handing me the book I just wrote, he's like, Why don't you go read your own book, man? <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> hey, we all hit the Sometimes park, right? Sometimes we have to you. be reminded, you know. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like that that's what I want folks to understand is just because I've accomplished this, or I've gone through this, or you know I've modeled success, doesn't mean I feel successful or I wake up every day and piss excellence. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I, Whoa, <laughs> how does that feel like? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I wake up every day and I've got the same problems that I had yesterday, or the same problems I went to bed with, I wake up with them and then I have to choose to deal with them or not. And that's the big thing I've learned is you got to surround yourself with folks Mm -hmm. who can can build you up and be there for you whenever everything feels like it's going to heck. Well, and that was
0: one of the things that I liked about your book and commented about your book is that Grant is not a, quote, guru or ninja or whatever other kitschy title some of these, you know, thought leaders and development folks like to put out there, there and <laughs> I did the air quotes and Richard <laughs> loves loves when I do the air quotes around <laughs> thought leaders the thing that I really liked about the book and about Grant specifically is that he he's an average Joe you know he's had to he's had to scrape and fight and work for everything he has and he's still doing it and it's like a rinse and repeat process it's it's you gotta find what works and develop a system based on it and then make it happen. And that's one of the things I appreciate about Grant is that he's finding – he's carving out his own success. And then he's taken that mm-hmm. and he's shared that in the form of a book. And I think that that's where probably 80 percent you know, – at least a good 80, I think of 10, 10, 80. Most folks that are out there, they're going to be able to relate to that because they're not not—they're not the ones that are going to tune into the, maybe the top, the upper tier like the Tony Robbins or anything, but you're also not a huckster at the bottom. You're right there where most folks are going to be, and I think that's where your success is, and yeah. I think that's why you're going to connect with a lot of folks.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, man. Well, and, and honestly, today's interview is part of the reason I wanted to start with you, you know, as we're looking at the folks we could call and people in our circles that we can visit with. Personally, me and Scott both agreed that, We're kind of creating this podcast for the Average Joe folks out there. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot of fantastic podcasts out there, and we're in a big sea of those folks that, you know, are having some big-name folks out there. But all these big-name folks, they had problems – you know, it, again, <laughs> they started what's somewhere. It the The yeah. overnight success, success wasn't overnight. It was like eighteen years long, months forty-three
0: years in the making, exactly, and then
1: counting. You know, exactly. So that's yeah. the whole key of it. So that strategy through that would be just surrounding yourself with good people and, 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 and positive upbeat people. I'm guessing,
2: and that's it. Uh, that, that's the thing, I, I made a commitment in 2017 to expand my circle of folks that I was spending time with, and through that, uh, I met Scott, I already knew you, Richard, but we started spending more time together, mm-hmm. um, uh, a couple other people came into my life, and it just kind of kept snowballing, and, and then they say, you know, you, you talk with someone, you make an impact, and they say, man, you got to meet so-and-so, and then... You go meet so-and-so, and now all of a sudden, y'all are partners. And, right. Yeah. You know. Well,
0: that's also the beauty of, of the, the world of podcasting, though, too, Grant. You and I were, were talking about this earlier on the other show is that, you know, you start you start bringing people in, and soon, and Grant, you're a fan of this, and I always say it just because it's, it's a great line, and I think I have to share this with Richard. You, you begin not doing it for your audience, per se, but you're doing it for yourself. Too, and maybe more so because you realize that you're growing your own skill set and your own circle, and mm-hmm. it's just it just happens to trickle down to the audience, too. So, no oh, offense to the audience, but we're kind of in it for ourselves here. You're just along the right. that's it. But you're gonna
1: catch the, the crumbs but and the overflow for yeah. sure, for sure. Yes, awesome, yeah. Tell me a little bit about you know, as we go digging around for you on Facebook. I put "granted" and this 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 Keel Consulting pops pops up. What is that? Tell us about that.
2: So uh, Kiel Company is something I started. Company, okay. Yeah, Kiel, it's Kiel Company Coaching. Um, uh, it's something I started about a year ago. <laughs> Uh, where I, I want to do some, some one-on-one coaching with folks. Uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't done it yet. I've done some uh, free trials, basically, right. with a few people. I've got a little workbook that I've put together. But it's, it's my Facebook page where I can launch everything from. Good. So the podcast starts there. Um, if you want to find out more about Dale Carnegie, it's on there. But um, I came up with Kiel Company because I'm, I'm, I'm all about sailing. Really, didn't know the, that about you. Yeah, <clears throat> keel is the part of the the boat at the bottom that keeps it from tipping over. Mm. So that's what I want to be for folks is the thing that stabilizes you whenever you're going through through the rough through the rough stuff. You, you, you reach out to Keel Company Coaching and we keep you stable because you you got to go through those rough seas to find out if your boat can make it, if you got the right captain, all these things. Right. Right. And, and so. You can't do it if you don't have that, that keel. You'll, you'll tip over after the first big wave.
1: So now you're from Louisiana, is this correct?
2: So I was born in Gulfport, Mississippi. Okay. Started living in Lafayette when I was about four. Moved back to Gulfport when I was 15. Uh, got my girlfriend pregnant. Moved back to UL. I moved back to Lafayette to go to UL because I got a scholarship, and I've been here since 2002.
1: So. so where did sailing come into that? You don't hear a lot of people from Louisiana <laughs> or <laughs> even Mississippi. He, well, he was born on Gulf. About he, was sailing. Born in Gulfport, yeah, so he was born on Gulf Gulfport. Yeah, born on the well, water. Well, no, but that's the Gulf. You don't, you don't hear a whole lot that's about water? sailing in the Gulf of Mexico. You hear about fishing and, you know, bay boats and all this other stuff.
2: Yeah, so. well, I took sailing lessons when I was younger. and okay. then uh, Dad and,
1: got you into that or something or what? Yep.
2: And then wow. in the summer, uh <clears> summers between 15 and 18, I'd... I, my mom lived in Destin, Florida, for a little while, so I'd actually go uh, work on the beach down there. And one of the things I did was give sailboat rides, and mm. so it's been—I uh, almost died on a sailboat. It's it. a fun story. Well, sailboats aren't <laughs> real easy, that's for sure.
1: No. You know, the other boats you just turn the key and you know, kind of hit the gas and go. You know, yeah, you gotta steer it, but it's a whole lot easier than a sailboat. Oh yeah, it's a well, lot of moving parts and pieces in that booger.
2: That's uh, sal- <laughs> Sailing's kind of like kind of like life too like you can see where you want to get to but the wind is going to determine how you get there and you know different things like that so you have really got to know where you're trying to get so you can tack to it and find different ways to get there Mm -hmm. so that's that's why i really like the sailing metaphors
1: yeah that sounds good interesting see there we're learning stuff all day long There 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 it is more and more tell us about your growing up years what were some things that you kind of learned, you know, through the family experience and you know that kind of stuff? that might be that you feel like you take with you, Dad, because I know your Dad, he's a, he's a CFO, I believe, or something. Yeah. He's you know worked in that area and worked up to that and been there for a number of years. Yes, sir. What kind of things did you learn through that?
2: So um, I grew up with my mom and stepdad mostly, and we were all in we were in sports, and it was the better you're doing in sports, the better you know the family is operating <laughs> we were all all-stars and all this stuff so um, the, the family dynamic was as long as you're doing well in sports everything's all good so make that a priority and uh, what I learned through sports is the competition part of it and one of the things that I write about in my book is competition comes from the Latin word competre which means to strive together So the reason we compete with each other is not to beat somebody, Mm -hmm. it's to sharpen your skills so that you can get better. And I didn't do a very good job of that growing up. We just tried to beat the heck out of each other. (laughs) It was me and three of my brothers, so. That's typical though. Yeah. Uh, They definitely pushed me and I feel like I pushed them. My younger brother played uh, football in college at a D2 school, Delta State. the brother after that he could he could have played Um, he chose to do a couple other things and then the youngest boogie (laughs) he's just he's just been naturally good at everything we play golf together all the time and they all whip me pretty badly (laughs) so they're all six foot something I'm a solid five seven (laughs) five five, eight with my boots on a solid no no a solid solid five five, seven
0: seven. that does
1: make a difference that's right that's right <laughs> so what
0: um you know i asked you what keeps you or what what was the cool thing about being a trainer but where's your motivation man i mean what's you know, is it for you is your motivation intrinsic is it extrinsic you know i i really I, I, it doesn't do much for me to ask what keeps someone awake at night i want to know what gets them up in the morning other than breakfast <laughs> so what tell
2: me give me that aspect of your life there great so for for so, I, being that I had my daughter so young, she's always been my mm-hmm. external motivation. Well, yes. now she's 16; she's going to college in two two years. She'll be, you know, yes, she'll be going to college and yeah. and all that. So, I've not that she's not a motivation, but I've had to really find out: okay, where am I going to get meaning from? What, what's going to keep me going once she's gone? And Now I do, my wife is pregnant, we're gonna have another little girl, so I'm Mm -hmm. sure that'll be more motivation. Oh sure. (laughs) But um, I'd say in the last few years, my motivation has really been, I keep just surprising the heck out of myself as far as what I can do. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to find out more about what I'm capable of and how it's gonna impact everybody. So when I I wake up and I don't wanna do the things, I think about Scott and <laughs> how he's like, well, why did you start in the first place? You you know, I could be working at uh, Lafayette Paint Supply, which I worked at for five years. Great company, took great care of me. And I could have stayed there forever. But what would I have accomplished? You had a ceiling, right? Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, why, so the question is, why don't you just work at Lafayette Paint Supply if you're not going to go out and try to find out what you can really become. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of unlocking myself and kind of watching how that affects other other aspects of my life. And, you know, if I can help somebody get even better, that's great. Yep, that's definitely. Great.
1: That's interesting you say that because, again, I don't know, I don't think you mentioned it earlier in your talk. but you left Lafayette Paint five years, stable company, mm-hmm. stable position. You know, you were set for as long as you probably wanted to be there I'm oh, yeah, guessing yeah. and, and you jumped out pretty much in your brand new own business now I know family members were there to support and help I, I think you were tell us a little bit about that and that that path and that journey and I guess what's one or two of your learnings through that
2: yeah so I worked for <laughs> Lafayette Paint for five years and um, I was inside sales and it's a family-run company so I and I wasn't family I, I kind of got to the point where I was getting a raise every year I was getting a bonus every year they they were giving me all the tangible things that I needed. So, I mean, they took care of me, but I wasn't getting that emotional uh, whatever it was that I needed. The intangibles, they right. weren't fulfilling
1: you from that side, right? Right.
2: So my godfather called me one day. He's like, hey, uh, you ever want to run your own company? And I'm like four years into Dale Carnegie by now, so I'm like, yeah, I can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so Dale Carnegie I, I like, can
1: do that too, yeah, probably. Make you feel yeah. invincible. He,
2: he said... Uh, I was like, what kind of company is it? It's an like, insulation company. I don't know anything about insulation. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll just coach everybody up. They'll do a good job. Eh, bada bing. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there. I don't know anything about insulation. Uh, I I meet the guy who's the installer. I don't know anything about running a company. I mean, I thought I did, but you don't know until it's your responsibility to get the check into the bank account so the payroll goes through. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's when you really learn how to run a company. Um, so it was just this great experience. And that's when I realized how deficient I was in all the skills that I really needed to get better. So started listening to podcasts. Started meeting folks. Um, started doing a podcast. Uh, started... Just hearing perspectives and hearing ideas that I never even heard, even in the Dale Carnegie class I hadn't heard. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, hey, there's a whole lot of cool stuff to do. And, oh, yeah. And I, I want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to be comfortable anymore because <laughs> I was miserable. I was mm-hmm. miserable.
1: That's good. You, you, it seems like I'm hearing a theme there, Grant, that you're, you're always pushing through. You know, you come up to these things and, well, let's, I'll try it, you know, and like, whoa, wait, what's going on? All right, well, let's push through. Let's keep on going, which is good. That's, that's good for our listeners to hear because many times you'll hit those spots where you're like, man, why am I doing this? What is this for? Do I really want to keep doing it? You know, we probably all bounced into that wall from that's, time to time. That's
2: the, where I was Wednesday when I came to see Scott. I was like, ugh. <laughs> this, this is not for me, Scott. I, I've made a huge mistake. I should have kept running the insulation. You, you probably didn't
0: expect me to say read your book. <laughs> right? I wasn't prepared for it that. Was, no, <laughs> but true, but, so, but but sometimes we need to catch that reality check, right? Yeah.
2: But then what happened? So then, all right. So then, a little more <clears throat> backstory. I forget that, you know. I take for granted that y'all know what I'm talking about. We know you. our audience does not grant. So I left Top Notch Installation, which I ran for two years, in June to go work for Cox Business Security. And it's a sales, 100% sales job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I took that because... I needed to unlock that part of myself because mm-hmm. I had never done sales full time. I did a little bit yeah. with Top Notch, but it not wasn't face like face really well. Yeah, a little bit, a lot different. But with that you. wasn't. But that wasn't
1: the core of the job.
0: Though. No, mm-hmm. the
2: core yeah, job was right. managing and getting everything done correctly. Mm-hmm. And then, when you have time, go sell, grow the company, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Bada bing, as you say. <laughs> yeah. So this was. So now I'm in this full time. All you do is sales. There's no excuse for you not to sell. That's what we're paying you to do. So. Okay, so I come over Wednesday, and I'm just like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. I should be I should be happier than this, which is a total bunch of crap. Oh, and the
0: countenance on your face, too, was like, man, you were down, man. I'm not used to seeing that in, in Grant. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what
2: I'm saying. Like, yeah, I wrote a book. Yeah, I've done two years' worth of podcasts, but it, life still kicks you right in the groin <laughs> as often as yes. possible. Mm-hmm. and well, that's, that's, the, the yeah. devil comes to kill steal and destroy and he comes every time i get into a spot yeah. where it looks like hey maybe i'm gonna be happy maybe maybe i can do this he shows right up and is like nah. You right can't. Yep. so so you came in
0: had a little coaching a little coaching session and that was on wednesday so what happened on thursday and
2: friday so thursday uh had lunch with some cool cats Mm -hmm. really raised my spirits and then went and made a sale and then friday made two sales just knocked it out and he was
0: and he he messaged me and said yeah man and i'm like the grandfather's back well that's one thing
2: scott said he's like look you got to celebrate every win celebrate it like it's it's the biggest Mm -hmm. deal because if not yeah, you'll just be like oh i'm just doing my job and it'll feel like a job instead of what you really do. Yeah, need.
1: that's a good theme too, because I think for our listeners out there, the you've always got to look what we what I always calls the law of averages. You know, you can't do anything for a short period of time and expect for those results to kind of make or break everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You've got to look over a long period of time, and I think in all areas of our life, you know, in relationships, yeah, things are rough right now, and we've been fighting, and this is going on, but you know what? If I dig in, push through, as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You can start doing the right things to mm-hmm. start turning that tide, you know, to use the keel to stabilize everything, right? That's right. Like there you that. go. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> One last question on, sure. the, on Dale Carnegie. And again, there's probably a lot of our listeners have read How to Win Friends and Influence People. But from taking the courses, and he also steps into uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, correct? Mm-hmm. In that whole class. What are some of the, just maybe two of the key strategies and skills of all those topics? That you think people really probably should focus on to push through or to, you know, make a, you know, maybe turn the corner in their lives or their careers or whatever.
2: So, if, he's got 30 human relations principles and Mm -hmm. 30 stress and worry principles. Give me two. Okay, I'll give you one from each one. There you go. Good. His very first principle is don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Oh, yeah. Man. I'd say that's probably the... It's
1: so hard, Grant. (laughs) I've got to be honest. It's so hard to do.
2: It it is. And that's the only one where it has a negative connotation of he tells you not to do something. Everything else Mm -hmm. is a suggestion of what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, it it really is. It really all starts with there. Um, Once you stop complaining, you can be grateful. Once you stop criticizing others, you can start critiquing yourself. That's right, yeah and once you stop complaining to so and so about the other person or complaining about how this isn't fair and that's not fair now all of a sudden you have the opportunity to start really enjoying the world and seeing it for what it is and man scott you're looking really hard (laughs) a
1: (laughs) a bonus question here before we jump to the next one so what are some strategies to do that grant what do you teach your students and what can you teach us today
2: Okay, well, this is how I'll do it just like I teach my students. So Let us
1: have it. man. The floor is yours.
2: What, what, what's one thing you feel like you could do tomorrow that would help you stop criticizing, condemning, or complaining? Mm-hmm.
1: Gratitude is the first thing that comes to mind. Why? Finding the things that I'm grateful for.
2: Why does gratitude lead to that answer for you?
1: Well, gratitude is more of a positive response, number one. I'm looking at the good things, right, instead of complaining and criticizing and looking at all the bad stuff. You know, and again, our our life and our world is kind of management by exception, right? I'm looking for all the bad things instead of the good. So that's a true strategy, I think, and I do my best to live by that, you know. Sure, we always forget, but it's definitely a challenge. But that's the first one that comes to mind.
2: When you're being grateful, are you more specific or do you just generally, these are the things I'm grateful for, you know, I'm alive, all that stuff?
1: What? usually pretty pre- specific you know some are generalities but mostly it's pretty specific yeah I'm glad I got a beautiful wife and I got a house to live in I've got a car to drive that I'm not struggling to pay the car note on and you know pay for the insurance and you know all this other stuff that goes down the list yeah
2: yeah so I mean th- that's that's perfect and that's <clears throat> that's exactly what I would I would have said
1: so kind of focus and gratitude huh
2: yeah and then the fact that you said it though <laughs> makes it more powerful and that's that's what really uh, to bring it back to the according class that's what really is the power of it too is i don't have i have a lot of the answers but if i give you all the answers it's not going to mean anything sure if i ask the right questions and you come up with the same answer that i was thinking well now now it's yours. You own it. Well, that's kind of the Socratic method of,
1: of teaching is mm-hmm. asking questions and letting them come to the conclusion. You know. And... Oh, that's an ultimate sales process as well. If you can ask the right oh, questions sure. to get them to give you the answers you're looking yeah, for. The yeah, the consumer
0: give give you the roadmap <clears throat> to the sale. That's you right. just ask the right
2: questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So number two. Number two uh, comes from the stress and worry principles set list, and it's a live in day type compartments.
1: Okay. Give us more on that. So.
2: The, Dale Carnegie came up with the idea of day-tight compartments from uh, uh, imagine a ship. One compartment starts to flood, they close it off so that it can't flood the rest of the co- compartments in the ship. So a day-tight compartment is you close off yesterday and you close off <coughs> tomorrow and then you experience that day for everything you can. Day-tight. Day-tight compartments. Okay. Live in day-tight compartments. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what's the strategy there? So um, the strategy is... We've all got this baggage that we're, we're dragging around from yesterday and we, we think about all the ways we've screwed up and we have, but you wake up and it's tabula rasa, it's clean slate. Let's make it whatever, you know, whatever we want that day to be, it's going to be our choice to make it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing Scott told me is that don't let your circumstances dictate your attitude. One of my favorite movies is The Departed, and at the very beginning says, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. me. Sure. And, and so uh, that's that, that's one way, that's one good attitude to have about it. Um, as far as worrying about the future, what do you think, Scott? What's the best way to not worry about that future so that you can stay in the, in the daytight compartment? Well, I think for me, it's just keeping a focus on what has to happen today.
0: I mean, if I have a, a list of goals, if I have a, a to-do list, I know that if I make those things happen, that's going to have an impact on the future. I don't have to worry so much. And I used to be a straight up worry wart about the future. The the what ifs, what are the things. Richard could tell you. I've known Richard for years now, he'd tell you the same thing. Richard's Richard's actually kind of an interesting. <laughs> he was handing me the pin earlier, <laughs> yeah. I'm handing him Well, the no, because, now because I've I've them. in my own evolution of myself. <laughs> And as I've grown and as I've seasoned and matured over the years, I've been able to see my own progress. And there are times where I still think about the future because there are things that I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. I have my goals, I have my ambitions, and I have my dreams and visions. But rather than keeping that focus on those things, and it's a challenge some days because some days if if something's not going right, it's real easy to think about, well, I could be doing this or how's this going to affect me down the road. But if I have a series of goals that are oriented towards the future i don't have to worry about the future i just take care of today and then i i know that if that's a, a if i stay in that progression in that succession it's going to take me to where i want to go
2: yeah would, would you say give us this day our daily bread right yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think and it comes back to what we chatted about uh, shortly a while ago is focus you know if you focus on today what can i do today how can i accomplish today what things can i do today to make an impact and that's really all we have honestly I mean when you look at time sure we can plan and set goals and you know want these things to happen but truly all we have is right now and that's today. right yeah we have to maximize that as best we can oh
2: did I say maximize that, okay? you maximize yeah I did. <laughs> holy <laughs> cow how about
1: that that was unintended <laughs> wink wink it was a good work in for sure that's good stuff <clears throat> so what else do you have to share with us Grant as we
2: wrap up today what's on your heart man um, I, I think I think y'all guys really did a good job of drawing out of me and that <laughs> I, I want folks to know that you're on the right track when you feel like you're not. okay, does that make sense?
1: Yeah dig a little deeper Like when, when
2: it feels like you're just getting walloped by thing after thing that's that's a good sign that you're, you're moving in the right direction. If you're taking the risk and it's it's paying off but maybe not the way you had hoped, but it's giving you, you know, it's moving you towards your goal. Keep, keep pushing forward, pushing through. Like you said, Mm -hmm. um, that it's not going to happen the way you think it should, but it's going to happen in a way that's more productive for not only you, but the rest of, of your family and, and the folks you care about. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Hey, before my last question, what, where can we find you online? In the social world?
2: Um, so if you go on iTunes, you can type in Grant Alexander, and uh, for the Profiting from Your Passion podcast will pop up. How okay. about that for alliteration. There you go.
1: <laughs> and you've, you've more migrated all the past podcasts over to this one as well?
2: Yep. Okay. I'm just going to change good. the name of it. so it, Some I'm of them will still Eric. say Dale Carnegie, presented by the Winter Institute. Which
1: right. But it'll still it'll migrate over. They'll be able to find all the old
2: stuff too, right? Yep. All the okay, old good. stuff will be there. Um, good, good. On Facebook, uh, Keel Company Coaching. Okay.
1: Anything on Instagram or LinkedIn or those other places? Uh,
2: LinkedIn, just Grant Alexander. Okay. Uh,
1: Not just Grant. No, Grant Alexander.
2: Grant Alexander. The grandfather. I'm trying to think if there's anything after it or how many other Grant Alexanders there are. Doesn't matter. It's just one.
1: (laughs) He'll probably be the best-looking one, Grant Alexander. Thank you, you finally. (laughs) I'm
2: always having to call myself handsome. Finally, someone else does.
0: (laughs) Well, I usually let, let your wife handle those duties. I mean, I like it all. <laughs> secure myself, but, you know.
1: You got any last questions, Scott? I have just one more before we wrap it up. No, go ahead, man. I've heard you in previous podcasts, Grant, talk about it. is it a life verse that you have? I think mm-hmm. it's in the book of James. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that and, and why is that? And, you know, and I think it relates to something you've said earlier and talked about today, but give us some more details on that because I think that's strong. I think anyone or any of us that have some kind of a, you know, guiding principle like mm-hmm. that, that it's definitely a, a big asset to us in our lives and all those people around us.
2: Yeah. So it's uh James one, two through four, and it says, Consider it great joy when you face troubles of many kind, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its effect so that you may be perfect and lacking in nothing. And it's uh it's it's not the easiest way to live your life, but it brings the most fulfillment, I guess. Okay. How do you stay excited when you face trouble is it's the big question.
1: It's joy. You said joy.
2: Yeah. How do, you, how, do you, how do you stay joyful? How do you stay joyful when wow. you're facing trouble? And it is through other people. You mm-hmm. have that, that group of folks around you. And you, you tell them, hey, I'm going through trouble. And they can say, hey, isn't your life first considered great joy? <laughs> and you're just like, golly, what an idiot I, I am. <laughs> but, then, but then they say that, and you say, okay, how do I find joy in this? And you, you take what you're going through, and you say, how can I use this to help someone else? And then there, there becomes the joy. And then when that same stupid thing happens to you a year later, you're saying, oh, this is nothing. This is a walk in the park. I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. That's where the endurance comes in. Absolutely. And that's how you become perfect and lacking in nothing. Right. That's
0: that's where your development a lot of your development's gonna come in is mm-hmm. through the trials and tribulations of your mm-hmm. life. And so you're orienting yourself in the right way to get through that. Rather rather than getting and, and <clears throat> keeping that locked in before you go through the tribulations because once you're in the middle of it, it becomes very, very challenging. To remember your blessings, then you have to keep them locked in, R- write them down somewhere, have it recorded somewhere, where when you're when you're having to deal with that, you can just break that out. There it is. Get through it.
1: Now at the end of that, it, th- it says perfect. How does that relate? Because man, I gotta say, I mean, even for myself, as much as I try to be, you know, as close to perfect as possible, that's pretty tough to do. How does that relate in there? How do you kind of equate that to that that statement?
2: So, so so that you may be perfect and lacking in nothing, I think it means you're you can become the perfect version of yourself. Okay. So that you're not lacking the skills to handle a situation. Uh, one of the things uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson says is you want to be the strongest person at your father's funeral. Hmm. You want to be the person who can be there for everyone, handle all that hmm. emotion, get things executed uh, properly, and then go deal with your your own stuff mm-hmm. but in order to to be that you've got to be preparing for the flood constantly, and you can't prepare for it unless you go, through the, you can't fight the boss battle until you go through all the mini boss battles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and that 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 word, perfect, is also translated complete
1: in That's the what I was just thinking, was I was thinking it's more of a, com, as much yeah. of a complete it's, person, I'm a complete, you know, I'm kind of becoming whole, and, so to speak. Yeah, kind of, well, and there's that, because perfect
0: is a great rendering of that word. I like complete. Because it kind of ties into what Richard just said. It's it's like a holistic, more whole type of an individual. And it, it also, but it also leaves room for growth. You know, it, it allows me to say I'm going to continue on towards perfection. I may not, I'm not, at least in this side of eternity, I'm not going to be perfect. But I'm going to strive towards that perfection. It's like a continuous mm-hmm. state of being. Um towards that completeness, towards that perfection.
1: I love that verse. Yeah, I do. I love that verse, too. And I, I think a lot of times it kind of gets taken out of context a bit. People take it too much to that degree. You know, I've got to be perfect or, you know, this and all. that kind of thing. And that's, that's a good uh, analogy. Is it uh, John Wooden, I believe? He says, you may not reach perfection, but strive for excellence, and you're going to get real close. Sure. Something of that nature, I believe, sure. is how he says something like that. So, yeah. So, I, good stuff. good. I think great,
2: it also man. sometimes gets taken out of context with people say, oh, well, that just means everything happens for a reason. And that's not, that's not what it means I don't, either, I, don't either. I don't think so either. Yeah. No. So. <laughs>
1: Well awesome, also right. Grant, we thank you for being
2: yeah, here. Yeah, dude. It's been man, a great this is podcast. Fun. I've never, stuff, man. never been on this side of it. I know it's kinda just kinda different, it's is the most it? I've ever talked about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I'm like asking other people. To it. Talk well about hey, me. you
1: showed us some vulnerability, you know, you showed us some of your skills and your traits, and I, it was a great podcast. You're M- a great M- guy. Bro. And
2: real quick, when does the book drop? Uh, it'll be available for purchase on Amazon uh, October thirty first. So on Halloween I want
0: you to. I want you guys to mm-hmm. mark on your calendars and your Outlook or Google or write it down. Halloween, mm-hmm. check out um, Amazon mm-hmm. and do that search for profiting
2: from your passion or Grant Alexander.
0: Get it, download it, read it. It's a great read and give it a good review, five stars preferably. Yeah. The captain would thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because awesome. it's worth it. I can tell you guys, it's going to be worth it. Get it.
1: Absolutely, I agree. I haven't read it yet. Obviously, some people in the room have, so I'm feeling a little dished uh, right now. I'm, but I, well, it's going to be well worth the wait. I know that. I might, for have, sure, written, so. I might have
0: written the forward for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, good for you. It's but don't also. do it for that. that uh, truly, yeah. really and truly, not to good. not to blow the sunshine in any, in any way, shape, or form. But it really is a good, good book from somebody that, like I said, has been there, done that, and is
1: continuing to grow himself and. It's going to be worthwhile. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Grant. Yeah, thanks for having us. From MaximizeU.net, you guys have a great one.
0: Cheers.